Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Have we got a show for you? We got a great show. You know, um, I walked in today. I had this interesting smell. I just smelled it just wafting. You walked in. You didn't. You didn't ride the scooter any. No, no, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I didn't ride my jazzy in. I walked in, and I smelled something oh so familiar. Michael Lamar Pond. He's back. Back from his travels abroad. I'm back. I could smell you a mile away. Is it a good smell? You smell like luggage. Luggage. You smell good. And and a croissant, probably. A croissant. uh, Mike has been out of town. It was the escargot, I think. Yeah, you smelled like a snail. Hey, by the way, I, I totally recommend it. Tried it. It was interesting. Did you? It was good, yeah. What, uh, you know, talk about your trip. Oh, man. What'd you do? It was spectacular. I, I traveled around. Did you I, think about us? Yeah, I did. You didn't, did I, you? I checked no. my email once. Did you ever listen to the show? I, I, there was no way I was able to listen to the show. There was about a 10-hour difference. We dedicated time. an entire show just to your, your missing. We did thought, you really? We thought you were actually missing. No, I'm, I'm alive and well. Wasn't missing. It was all planned. We had a fundraiser. We raised... Hundreds of dollars. We opened up a hotline for the the Mike Tips hotline. Yeah. Did anyone call? No. Well, actually, two old ladies. <laughs> they said that you owe her a date. I hope it was oh, Matt's mom. Because my mom was one of them. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, geez. So um, you traveled where? So I uh, went to England, Ooh. France, Germany, Ooh. Austria, Switzerland, Italy, and the Vatican. Wow. You've been everywhere. Yeah. Did you... Um, you know, any favorite parts of the trip? What was your favorite memory? Anything you want to share with us? Oh, let's see. Uh, I should have thought about this beforehand. Paris yeah. was was lovely. Okay. The, the waiters weren't as rude as the waiters in Germany, uh, surprisingly. Really? That is actually surprising. Yeah. Uh, the, Ger- the German waiters, they're rude. They were very rude. I, I went to Munich. You know why? It's because we're spying on them. I, probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. When the government mm-hmm. spies on people, the waiters get mad. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't like the food there very much. I liked the food. I think the best in Austria. Really? What'd you eat? Strudel and uh, mm-hmm. strudel s- sausage. Mm. I think I'm hungry. Wiener schnitzel. Hey, yeah, yeah, it was actually very good. Did um, you sold. were you were gone for how many days? Uh, twenty two days. You know what? It felt twenty three days. It felt like fifty. Oh gosh, yeah. At least, you, maybe even. 55. I didn't know Mike was gone. You didn't know. No. Yeah, he's been gone a while. Okay. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, there's there's some other good news. Some things you didn't – I want to just catch you up on. Yeah, recap. Uh, James and Maddie engaged. What? Yeah. You didn't even – you could have texted me. My phone still worked. Yeah. Did it? I, I didn't know if you got service in Europe. I yeah. sent you a few pictures, didn't I? I was like, hey, I'm in Switzerland. I did text you a lot, and you never texted me back. Did you really text me? Maybe no. it didn't work. She didn't. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard this, but Aaron got married. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, I went off and just, you know, got married. Is he's, that weird? Yes. He's now in therapy. We invited you to the, the reception, but you well, didn't show us therapy, so, so I've learned a lot about marriage and everything. And Sean's expecting triplets. <laughs> That's news Sean to personally. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not true. We made some of that up. Actually, nobody got married. 
Actually, Aaron did get married. Nobody Aaron got did engaged. Get married. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody got engaged, though. My Indeed. ring is not one from a cereal box. But here's the deal that I find interesting. Over your shoulder, I hear a beautiful little fairy nymph brought you some flowers or some balloons. Yeah, campus floral brought me some birthday balloons. It's your birthday. Today is my birthday. Yeah, I'm sure campus was, floral brought them. Who was the who was the wonderful um, who was the wonderful person? I have reason to believe it was my wonderful girlfriend. <gasps> oh, he said the word. So are you officially in a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship? Yeah. I can hear hundreds of women crying. I hear hear the DTR happening. Oh, my mom just texted me. (laughs) So so I can tell my mom you won't be my daddy. Yeah, that would be safe to say, I think, at this point. Good, because that's awkward. Very. Well, congrats. Do you want to tell us her name, or do you want to just kind of keep that to yourself? Her name is Alyssa. Okay, that's not it. That's no, not it. It is. No, it really is. Is that you it? Talk about Alyssa. It's Alyssa. It's Alyssa. Yeah. I feel like I know her. Oh my heavens! Personally, this I is it. Know. See, James. It happens. It happens. My, my hard work paid off. As the your PhD hard work. Passion. Yeah. This is. I, I don't want to say it, but yeah. this is all me. No. Well. Well, it had a. Li- <laughs> I, it was I was the a one that bit, made yeah. this all happen. I'm sure Alyssa had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I, well, I Mike have a, was a mess before. It yeah. was, oh, I understand that. It was all Alyssa. Who are we kidding? <laughs> Mike's I, well, been I trying to get married and for years. And... You're not getting married, though, right? You're just dating. No, no, just dating. Well, she sounds wonderful. Not yet. She is the kindest, sweetest person I know. Oh. Oh. Wow. He's in love. I That's for sure. That. Hey, uh, why haven't I the, met her? That seems strange. It's verb... almost like you're keeping her from me. For good reason. <laughs> <laughs> It, who was it that said that I'm I'm bad on? It was it was Brooke yeah. about. It was Brooke. I mean, yes. I think Mike saw our James and I's relationship and how horribly you've ruined it, and I think he decided to steer clear. Yeah, Mike um, Brooke. She shared some really really insightful information that I'll share with you right now. Um, she said Matt Townsend kills romance, so <laughs> don't ever talk about it. That's funny. <laughs> not on a date anyway. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't even know Brooke. <laughs> but she nailed it, didn't she? Yep. Uh, well, that's cool. Welcome back, Michael Pond. Thank you. But now you're leaving again, I hear. Yeah. I'll be gone next week and so, the week after. But so, I'll be back after. Okay. So it's almost like we shouldn't even be talking about you. Yeah. yeah pr- probably. Because we're going to get everyone all excited, then, then you know, you're going to make right. them sad again. Okay. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. And Aaron, you can tell them about marriage. About marriage? Um, Actually, do it on your own. Got to do a lot. Okay. <laughs> a lot of dishes. Make the bed. See? In your future, one month. All good tips. All good advice. All good advice. Uh, and and good luck to, to you and yours. Thank you. That's great. Hey, quick little Welcome update. Welcome to the holidays. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good tidings. Uh, um, let's just do a quick update on you two, um, James. Going fantastic. And yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, Maddie, James, uh, are, are you guys officially dating still? Yes, and it's going fantastic. How come Maddie's not saying a word? I mean, James just says that so much better than I ever could. Why? There's no no need to say any more if I just sum it up like that, you know. Did you hear how mousy she just went? <laughs> she just went all mousy. Oh, yeah. oh, big time. If we had a video, that was, oh, my heck. That, the, was, that was worse than my daughter wanting to, you know, get cash yeah. out of my wallet. Yeah. Yeah, Daddy, you've yeah. got so much money uh-huh. in your wallet. Yeah. Is, no, this is real. James it's is real mousy. the mm-hmm. most wonderful person I've ever met. He's the sweetest boy I know. Is he really? Really. 
I thought you said Sean was. Well, Sean's not a boy. Whoa. <laughs> True that. Okay. No, not like that. But James is a man. James is a man, but he's also, he's still a He's boy. got boyish charm. He does, because he's, I feel like once you're married, then you become not a boy anymore. You're just a man. I don't know about that. Aaron just chimed in. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, Pokemon, so I got to say, that, that episode. Pokemon, will... oh gosh. There we go. <laughs> We're losing them again. Okay, so <laughs> we, we've lost the show We've already. talked about Pokemon about me? five times. Yeah, somebody will have to fill Mike in on that. <laughs> it's the first segment of the show. We haven't even hit the topic yet. <laughs> Here is the topic. By the way, well, why don't you introduce the topic? Well, we're talking about hope when, you know, it doesn't seem like you should have any. Hope when you've lost everything. Yeah. There's hope. There's always hope. And by the way, tell me Mike's not a great example of that. Well, I think so. He has a lot of hope right now. Oh, yeah. Well, and do you remember how down and out he was? Oh, true. Do you remember when we found him by the dumpster? <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, he was all in a fetal I wasn't position, on the show at that time. shaking. He was shaking. Do you remember that? Yeah. He was terrified. Mm-hmm. Just guy. because of a javelin incident. Yeah. And we pulled him out of the dumpster. And we're like, hey, pal. With the javelin. Yeah. Put the javelin down. You can finish that hamburger. We don't know whose that is. <laughs> and then we brought him back. And we raised him from a pup. And now he's got a really wonderful girlfriend mm-hmm. who gives him balloons. The power of hope. There's hope. Now, here's the deal. Check this out. What if you had died? You're dead. Flatlined. Our next that was right. our next guest, Melanie Pritchard, she had died. She died, came back. She's gonna talk about that. What she learned. That's got that's a tough time that's, right there. That's about as bad, as, bad, as, bad as, it as it gets. Yeah. So the mere fact she's here, she's going to talk to us about it. She's going to teach us about uh, where to find the hope, how to find the hope, um, just some of the steps that she learned going through death. Quite literally, she died, and then she came back and uh, wrote her own book called "The Day I Died: Survival After Suffering." You know, something pretty serious. We're going to take a break. Come back when we come back. Melanie Pritchard will be joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, on today's show, we're talking about hope during suffering, okay? We all have difficulties in life, and if you want to bet on it, uh, I can predict over time, everyone is going to suffer. As we go through the suffering, though, we've got to figure out a way to find the hope, to find the peace, and to heal, right, as we go through this. So on the show, as you remember, our goal of this program is to give you tools, ideas, uh, you know, a leg up to deal with these crazy things that happen to us here in life. So we like to bring on authors and experts who have been through some of this tough stuff and have found their own way through it. Today uh, is is an excellent example of such a guest. Her name is Melanie Pritchard. She has a master's degree in education, curriculum, and instruction, and is the founder of Vera Bella Catholic Girls Formation Program. You can find that at verabella.org. She's also the executive director of the Foundation for Life and Love, Um, which you can find at www.fflal.org. Here's the cool thing. 
that I think we're going to uh, learn a lot about today. Melanie died and um, has learned and then came back to life, right? And is now, she's here to teach us. What did dying teach her? Uh, She has written her own book called The Day I Died about her survival and suffering when um, she had an embolism. And also she's a featured author in the book, I Chose God. So we're so excited to have her. Melanie Pritchard, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Great to be here. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Hey, Melanie, where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Arizona. Arizona. Steamy, hot Arizona. I don't know why. Right now, I'm sweating like crazy, Melanie. I don't know why. I'm in a cold studio. Everyone else has got the chills. I feel like I'm in Arizona. Welcome. It is hot. Thank you. Here's the deal. Talk about your experience I mean, a lot of times when someone says, okay, so when, when somebody names the, their book The Day I Died. Right. But that's, and, and you really died, that's kind, of a, that's kind of a scary experience for a lot of us. So go through and just tell us your experience. Tell us what happened to you. Tell us about how you died. Okay. Well, I was uh, actually pregnant with my second child, and I had no complications through the entire pregnancy. And then about a week before I was my due date, I went in to deliver my child, and um, everything was fine. And I had my mother, my father, my husband, my son, and my two friends in the room with me. Uh, the, do- the doctor had just come in and broke my water, and we we're preparing for delivery. Wow. And there came a point where I just said, you know what, I don't, I don't feel so good. You know, something's wrong. And the nurse came to me, and then right at that moment, I... Um, luckily when my father, when, when my father heard me say that I didn't feel good, he took my son out of the room because uh, just a few seconds later, my eyes rolled back into my head and I had a seizure and my heart stopped beating and I died. And so all the, the numbers on my monitor dropped and all the numbers on my unborn child's monitors dropped. Mm. And, uh, they, they called code blue and all these doctors and nurses came, you know, rushing into my room. And, and I'm telling you this as a secondhand story because I died. I really was not present yeah. for most of what I'm about to tell you. Uh, it's really just a story that's been handed to me from my family and friends and many doctors and nurses. And um, they, I was really blessed because my, the, my room was the next one over from the OR. Yeah. So they rushed me right over to the um, operating room. And they did an emergency C-section without using any anesthesia because obviously I was I was dead. Um, and they they the doctor said when they opened me up it was the most eerie sight they had ever seen because I had a blue womb like I had no blood flow in my body, everything was just shutting down. Wow. And um, so they delivered my daughter via C-section and she wasn't breathing right right in the very beginning just for maybe a few seconds maybe a minute, and they did did a CPR and and then they revived her. And they took her to the NICU, and my husband went there to meet her. And at that moment, he didn't know if I was dead or alive and had gotten no word. So the nurse said to him, what would you like to name your daughter? And he said, I want to name her Gabriella, which means the heroine of God. Hmm. And, um, and we call her affectionately, we call her Ella. Uh, so he named our daughter, and then... You know, back in the OR, I, I was fighting for my life, and the uh, the doctors had to shock me four times. Oh boy! 
and they, they brought me back to a really critical state just so my family could say goodbye. Uh, they realized that I was suffering an amniotic fluid embolism, which is very rare and very fatal, and there are very few survivors in the whole world. And what and is so, that? What What is that? Yeah, well, it's a, it basically something – it's so – there's not as much research, research on it as I'd like to tell you about. But what they've come up with, and I don't even know if this is fully accurate because – They've never been able to test survivors, and they're just beginning to do that now. Yeah. Um, but they say that something from the baby, maybe like a, a particle of hair or something from the baby releases into the mother's bloodstream and shoots to the heart, and, and it causes a cardiac arrest, and that's really what I died from initially. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so the, the really horrible thing about an amniotic fluid embolism is that's what happens first, and if anybody can survive that initial stage, there's a second stage that's going to try to kill you, and it's called DIC. It's, it makes your blood clot erratically. So um, at this point, my uh, what was really amazing, before I even got into the critical care unit for my family to come and say goodbye, uh, the doors of the operating room flew open, and this man stood there, and he said, while the doctors were, were working on me, he said, is she dead or is she alive? And they said, well, what, what's going on? Who are you? And he says, I'm her brother, and I'm a cardiothoracic surgeon, and I understand my sister just had heart failure. And so my own brother came rushing to the hospital to help to save my life. Wow. Um, and I was in a community hospital that really wasn't ready for this kind of maternity disaster. So my brother was really instrumental. Um, initially, they didn't let him you know, come in or, or help or assist or anything. He didn't have rights at that hospital, so he had to just sort of lay back until I was in uh, ICU. And when I was there, he began to look over my charts to see what was really going on. And at the same time, my husband came in and he said to me, Melanie, Brady, which is our son, Brady and I love you, and Gabriella is beautiful, and we just want you to go, you know, where your guardian angels take you because that's where God wants you. And if, Lord, if you could let me hold my wife again, I would be grateful. And so that was, you know, his prayer. And like I said, at the same time, my brother was looking over my chart. And by this time of being in the ICU, I had already received two blood transfusions. And my brother had said to the doctors, I, I believe she has internal bleeding just based on her numbers. Um, you need to get her back in the OR. And the doctor said, if we, if we try to operate on her, then she'll die. And he said, if you don't operate on her, she'll die. So, you know, what, what's it going to be? And, and I, was, I was in that critical state where I was moving into that second phase of this thing that was already going to try to kill me and then be opening me up to have another surgery was really, you know, really life-threatening again. Right. And so they, uh, they did do an ultrasound and, and saw that I had internal bleeding. And so they opened me back up, and what they realized is that they accidentally cut a uterine artery. So mm. you know, things couldn't already yeah. be worse. This, this is just like 10 times worse, you know, 100 times worse. Yeah, and they accidentally cut a uterine artery. So all the blood that they transfused into my body had seeped out into my abdomen. And um, so what their solution was is that they stuffed me full of towels wow. to absorb the liquid. And then they left them in there, and they left me open on a table for over 12 hours with risk of further infection and death. Sheesh. Yes. So you are, yeah. 
So, so hey, I, this this is fantastic, and you're and you're supposed to be alive because you. It seems like you broke every rule so far. Yeah, right. I mean, when people say, "Yeah, they died." Other people come up, they're like, oh, yeah, I died. I'm like, really? What does that mean? Yeah. (laughs) You don't know death. (laughs) (laughs) What's, like, death-defying here? Um, We we have— Of course— Oh, good. We have about okay. we have about thirty seconds, but um, so just just kind of tell us how you got stabilized, and 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 then we'll come back, and I we've got to pick your brain, tell and learn everything yeah, you learned. Okay. Yeah, well, um, I, 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 everything that could go wrong went wrong. I was on a respirator, one hundred percent. They transferred me to another hospital. Um, I, they finally were able to you know stitch me back up uh, the next day yeah. at the other hospital, and. Um, and then they thought I would be in the hospital for a month, and I just started to make this miraculous recovery. You're like, no and, big deal. Uh, <laughs> You're back. And, and it was, you got yeah, a baby I mean, to it, raise. It was, it, yeah, it was crazy because I and I had lost my memory, my short-term memory, and there's so many things. But um, I just started to have this miraculous recovery, and I was actually out of the hospital and home resting, suffering in a very big way uh, on my couch And seven days later. Holy cow. I yeah. had a shot on my plantar fasciitis, and it, I've been out for weeks. I'm such a wuss. Well, wow. Yeah, well. Melanie. Melanie Pritchard's joining us. We're going to take a break. She's, again, the author of the book, The Day I Died. When we come back, Melanie's going to teach us the many things she learned going through this process of death, coming back, um, lots of very, very powerful, even faith-promoting ideas, stories about uh, life and living. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More with Melanie Pritchard uh, right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Joined on the line right now by Melanie Pritchard. She is the author of the book, The Day I Died. She's talking about her survival after suffering an amniotic fluid embolism. Uh, You know, seriously, took her life. She was dead. And they worked her on the tables. They took her to surgery. Unbelievable story. Uh, Many, many times she dodged a bullet of, uh, you know, death over death over death over death and she's here uh, on the phones with us teaching us about her lessons so when you're out there in listener land and you think you had a bad day melanie pritchard i think has cornered the market on the bad day melanie welcome back to the matt townsend show thanks matt appreciate it well that's by the way and how how blessed you were fortunate you were to have a brother-in-law that's a cardiovascular thoracic surgeon (laughs) Yeah, she's my brother. Yeah, with enough gumption to walk into to a to an emergency situation, and say, "Okay, is she dead or isn't she dead?" He was there. Right. He would he would have taken the reins, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, and what was amazing is that he had his wife had a baby three or four days before me, and so he was actually on paternity leave. That's why he was free, huh? It's why he was free. I mean, everything that had to go right went right. Yeah, you know, it was just really amazing. Well, again, I think that's, it's so fortunate because it, then it keeps you alive and you get to come tell us the story and, 
give the rest of us some hope and some learning. So when you think about all of this, and then the mere fact that you were back in uh, home a week later, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, yeah. you know what? You, Melanie, are an overachiever. You could have stayed a couple more days. You could have had some more tapioca. Right, You I could know. kicked yeah. it back. But you went home. So, so teach us, what did you learn? Uh, what is it that you learned that kind of stands out as some of your key learnings from this experience? Oh, there's so many. But, I mean, when I say I went home, I went home in really bad condition. Uh, I mean, I just wanted so badly to be with my children, and I think that's a huge learning thing, too. It's like I didn't care how much I hurt at the hospital, you know, how much pain I was in. I wanted to be home with my children, and I just, it was like I don't want to do anything else but just be present to them. Hmm. And when I went home, I, I mean, I had 50 staples in my stomach. I had uh, thrush in my mouth. I mean, it was, and then I contracted um, C. diff colitis. It was an infection I got from the hospital. Oh, wow. It was hor- horrific. I was in extreme, extreme pain. I could hardly breathe. Uh, I could not make my mind say what I wanted to say out of my mouth. Yeah. I was stuttering, and I couldn't, I had some, like, neurological things going on. Not to mention the fact my short-term memory was really hazy. Yeah. And they sent me home with a portable defibrillator. Oh, so I boy. had to wear a contraption on me yeah. for three months. Just, that that could shock me, you just in case you go down. Wow. It was because they thought for sure I would die again. Um, that if I did at home, this thing would shock me. Because so I guess, was, too, you could throw another, you could, you could throw an embolism. You could, a lot of other stuff could still happen. Sure. And when your heart fails, it could fail again. Yeah. And so, and my heart was barely pumping. It was at a 5% fraction rate when everybody else is at a 65%. Wow. So, um, yeah, so I was in pretty bad shape. So going home, you know, at first I was very fearful. I mean, it was like the, you know, death had a hold on me. I was afraid to die again. And then I, I, I really, you know, I'm just a woman in prayer and I really had to pray through that and have other people praying for me in that, um, and, and not only that, when I was in the hospital, I was the number one Googled person for the day in Phoenix and the top 100 people Twittered about in the whole country. And people kept spreading this idea to pray for me on Facebook. And it, the statistics on it say that there were over 250,000 people were exposed to my story in a day. Holy cow. So it, it had traveled like wildfire. There were articles written. I mean, it, it was amazing. Um but when I got home and I real and I heard this these stories of how many people prayed for me, it really gave me strength. And I think that's one of the big lessons I learned is the power of prayer. Like I really believe in it. And so many people um, who just prayed for a stranger that day, I'm I'm so thankful. I'm I literally could. But by the way, that was four years ago today. Oh, was today it is really? My daughter's birthday. Yeah, today is my daughter's birthday. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, She's four years old, Gabriella. She's four years old, Gabriella, yeah. She's amazing and perfect. What I think is beautiful is how many times is there like an emergency, a disaster out there? You'll see some Facebook post that says, pray for the people of Afghanistan or whatever. And um, it's interesting, though, but people are doing that. And you're you're a recipient then of hundreds probably of thousands of prayers. Yeah, and you know, I, I probably was that person before that if somebody had a prayer on Facebook, I'd be like, all right, let's go. What else is going on? You know? Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'd skip over it, or maybe I wouldn't take it seriously. And, and now I take it seriously. I mean, when somebody asks me to pray, I'm like, I'm on it. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm taking a minute because I'm so grateful 
for the amount of people that just just stop to pray for a stranger. I yeah. oh wow, what a great! I mean, really, that for the rest of us that. And, and how hard is it to just stop and say a little prayer? Regardless of your faith, regardless right. of your religion, you can at least send some good feelings. Exactly, yeah. Hmm. So that, that was one pretty powerful lesson. And, and like I said, when I was home and I was really suffering through through this these sort of you know ailments, I would stop and I remember the people that prayed for me, and I would think, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to survive. Like I've got a lot of people out there supporting me and counting on, on, on this, and I'm, I've got to do this. Yeah. And I, I guess— really, I, I your strength. It changed—it it gave you a purpose. I mean, do, do you feel yeah. like you had—you already had a lot of stuff going on, but do you feel like you, you found a whole new purpose? Well, yeah. I mean, I just—I felt like the Lord wasn't finished with me yet, and that, you know, if, if, if I, whatever I was doing before, it's going to, you know, he's got big plans. I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward, and— can't wait for the journey. Yeah. Can't wait for the adventure, you know. How do you celebrate um, it and commemorate the day? I guess the the birthday of your daughter is probably celebration enough. Do you guys do anything else yeah. special? Do you, I don't know, go out, you know, shoot off the defibrillator? Or what do, yeah, what right? do you do? What do you guys do? What do you do for fun? Um, well, actually, after after uh, three months, I went back and my heart made a full and total recovery. Did it really? It's amazing. Yeah, it was to the, and my, my neurological did too. Um, so the doctors were pretty amazed by that. So I'm actually in really good health now. And so today, you know, I, I got some coffee at Circle K this morning and we went to Home Depot. And <laughs> Having a normal day. We just, did we just do normal things. And that's what I love about our life is because I told my husband when we got married, you know, this is going to, I want an epic marriage. You know, I want epic. <laughs> that's, what, that's what our life's going to be like. Yeah. If we got epic. Oh, you we got, got epic. Three years. But you, I mean, prayer, yeah. What did he like, go through? Simple. This poor guy, though. I mean, how amazing yeah. he mm-hmm. he gains a beautiful daughter. Then he has to take yeah. his son in to say goodbye to his mom. I mean, yep. talk about epic. What what? How has that impacted your marriage? Well, I mean, you know, we did, we we were really just a faithful couple going into marriage, and so um, I think it. You know, everything I thought about my husband before, it just enhanced. He really is the man he's, he, not that he says he is, but yeah. that he chose to be. He Plays really on television. Yeah, he, yeah, he's the man that he that he wants to be, really. He just, he's living up to it. He really was. And, I mean, any, he, he even says he didn't know how he'd react in that situation until it happened. And he was so strong and so... He's such an example to so many men out there. I tell his story a lot, you know, in this and guys, a lot of guys around the country and even around the world um, text or uh, email me and to ask me questions about my husband and how he is so strong. And, and you know, just it, it's really amazing the impact that he ha- his story has on people. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, that's what yeah. I think is beautiful about your story is just listening I and never having heard about it. It's it's shocking, and yet you hear stories about not like this all the time, but there's people dying all the time, and there's incredible miracles that take place, and and then sometimes there's not, and it's just a tragic story of death. Yet there's still a lot of peace and and beautiful, um, I don't know, peace that's associated with it. So um, talk to us about. I mean, I know it ha- it's impacted your faith, obviously, because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, but you were already a, a very believing person. You already believed in a God, and so did it. Did it? I guess strengthen that in you. Well, absolutely. I mean, 
and, and when I, I didn't, you know, people always say, did you see the light? Did you know, did you see uh, Jesus? Did you, yeah. <laughs> were you in heaven? How was that? Um, but I actually have no memory for those like three or four days. And, um, and then, but what I do remember is when I woke up, I had this sense of peace. Like I had been somewhere like a very, like a knowledge that I had been somewhere very special that wasn't earthly because the peace was not of earth. Like right. It was so profound, and I could really sense good and evil, you know. And if somebody tried to turn the heat, the TV on, even I'd say, "Don't, don't, don't turn it on. I, I don't want to hear it. It'll ruin my peace." You know, yeah. it's like I had this awareness of good and evil and right and wrong, and um, had this innocence about me. And you know, you spend your whole life, I think, in protective mode. Let's say somebody hurts you, and you you build a little wall in your heart to protect yourself. And and so as you know, normally, and I'd done that too. Um, so when I woke up, I, all of that was gone. Like I had no walls up. It was really weird. Like I was oh. expressing real authentic emotion. Like if somebody said something where normally, you know, it wouldn't phase me because I had my protection on and I wouldn't cry at somebody's, you know, horrible story or something like that. I, I couldn't keep it in. It was just like, I laughed louder. I cried harder. Yeah. Something I realized that here I had built up these walls for so long and not even realizing it, which I know so many people do. That you that I was suppressing real emotion, and now I don't do that. Now I'm like, okay, if, if I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna cry. I don't care. Like I don't have to be the strong girl anymore. I just want to be the honest girl. You four know, four wanna, years later, you're still emotion. you're still experiencing the real emotion. You're still in the real. Well, yeah. I mean, that's I, great. It's, it's it's definitely work. Yeah, it's yeah. Not easy, you know, because things have hurt me since. And, you know, you know, life happens and stuff happens. And, but every time it does, now I sort of have a different look where I'm not going to let this affect me. I'm not, I'm not letting this you know, start to build a wall in my heart. I've sure. got to, you know, I've got to just deal with it and be honest and express my emotion in it. So, you know, for, for everybody else who has those walls built, I don't, you know, I, I hope you don't have to die yeah. to, to, well, to bring them down. It's, but, but it's almost like, man, you kind of wish... Everyone could go through a kinder, restart. gentler restart, right? Uh, yeah. Especially if if you come out feeling that peace, and it's almost like you probably would have felt the peace going or staying. You know, oh, you, yeah. you you were probably yeah. good either way, but you got you were blessed enough to stay. And and then um, what's I think great about it is then you tell the story, and as you tell the story, the rest of us can start thinking, hmm. Where I need to, I need to be a little bit more real. In fact, it just reminds me that that movie that's out, Heaven's for Real. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just I don't know. There's just I, I like the idea that there's a peace, such a strong, powerful peace that is associated with that death, with death. You know, I think that's powerful. Yeah, and it was so powerful that I mean, I would say to my husband, "Let's sell everything." Let's like, yeah. I, it's just like I wanted to have nothing, no attachments. And, you wanted to be and a gypsy and travel the country. Yeah, totally. And but then I had to get back to reality and and you know live. And I, everybody kind of kept telling me that, like you know that that was peace probably from heaven. And yeah. you're it's going to go away, and you're going to have to be okay with that. And just so, but at least I I have this new leash on life where I want to get back there. Like I want to get to heaven. I want to bring my children with me. I want to bring my husband with me. I want to bring you with me. I want I'm your listeners. Let's like, do let's it. Get there, guys. Like, let's do this. Let's you know? plan a cruise. 
Mm-hmm. I bet, but honestly, I think that's the great spirit. Like, let's all get, let's all go, and, and let's even find a little heaven on earth, right? And start yeah. bringing that peace to earth. Let's take a break, Melanie. Again, we're talking with Melanie Pritchard, the author of the book, The Day I Died. She's telling us about her survival and really about the peace that uh, that's accompanied her since death. And um, it's just powerful. I hope you can sense the power of hope that's in her in her lesson with us today. We're going to take a break, come back. We're going to keep learning from Melanie, see how she continues to keep the hope alive and uh, to continue to fill that peace. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are joined by Melanie Pritchard, author of the book, The Day I Died. Also, uh, Melanie, you know, she's changed in lives. Uh, she, had a, she, had, she died and was revived. Incredible story. All I think it's archived in the book, The Day I Died. But uh, four years later now, she tells us about how she died and the great peace that came over her life. As she recovered and then has been able to raise her daughter, Gabriella, that was also dead uh, when she um, was was in this crazy medical uh, anomaly. It's uh, the the name of what really killed you, Melanie, was amniotic fluid embolism, a very, very rare, uh, I guess, disorder, disease, not a disease, probably just just a rare. What do you call it? Uh, medical event, disaster. yeah, 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 event, yeah. And here you you survived it, um, but you also you you now have this come uh, almost this insatiable need to teach people what you learned. One of the big things you learned was the importance of your family, the power of yeah. prayers. We've talked about. Uh, I know you've even done some commercials recently. Um, where you st- in two national commercials that promoted the value of life and the sanctity of marriage, um, I guess now you're 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 out and about trying to teach people all of the great lessons you learned. Yeah, and I, I actually did those commercials before this event, which is pretty amazing. That oh. you know, for someone who's been, um, I spent a lot a lot of time you know promoting the dignity and value of life, and especially for the unborn, and then to have this happen to me in childbirth was pretty. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, talk uh, about what else you've learned. I mean, you, I, it's so you amazing. Know, just after we were done with our last break, we all just sat there thinking, wow, that's, and you're just blessed. Yeah, and that's it. You know, just, I, I'm really, I, I love to live. I think that's one of the things that I noticed, you know, so many people just trying to survive every day or yeah. survive something or this time in their life or, you know, I hear teenagers say a lot. I speak a lot to teenagers, and they'll say, "You know, I've got to survive this day, or I can't wait till Friday comes along, or you know, something." And in my life, I'm like, "No, I don't want to miss a day. I don't care if today is bad. Like, I'm in it, and I want to live it." And you know, as a mom, sometimes my kids don't behave. Oh yeah, I want to get angry, and, and I do get angry. But then in, in that moment, I'm also thinking, "I don't, I don't want to be angry. Like, I don't, I just, I want to just like hug these little kids and snuggle with them, and and not." It's just kind of embracing every moment. And, you know, I had to, 
sit on the couch for three months and watch everybody else live. And that was really, really difficult. Probably one of the hardest things I had to do is just not participate, you know, just yeah. be a fly on the wall while everybody else walked around me and, and took care of me and, you know, and kind of nursed me back to health. And I remember my son, my mom would throw the you know, football with him and, and he was, he was about three years old at the time. And he says, I longed for those days. And I kept thinking, gosh, you know, if I hadn't gone through this, I'd probably be saying to him, no, no, some other time, wait till dad gets home. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. But I just longed to throw the football with him. And I kept thinking if I get out of this, this chair, you know, I'm, I'm taking my kids, I'm living every moment and I'm not going to run, you know, I'm not going to walk, I'm running. I'm <laughs> yeah. do this. And I think that's really it too, just, Getting off the internet, getting off Facebook, getting off social media, and being completely present to my kids a lot. And, um, you know, it's funny in my neighborhood, people probably think I'm crazy because we'll be out in the front yard and I'll be shooting arrows with them, you know, like on the fake shoot, you know, yeah. arrow thing. And um, I'll be rolling around the grass with them. And I just, I want to be, I want them to remember mom as that really present mom who, you didn't care about the dirt and just got in there and rolled in it with them. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. I'm kind of a girly girl, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, and that, to me, maybe there's there's a silver lining in if everybody could have such an intense experience as you had, you know, without all the death and the mm-hmm. blood and stuff. But to have such an experience that you could draw back on, and, and it almost, it just resets you, doesn't it? It's You have this way it of does. thinking that resets you to your highest priorities now. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing, too. I realized I'm replaceable to a lot of things, but I am not. I'm irreplaceable and unrepeatable to my family. Hmm. And that's really everybody, I believe. And, you know, it's like, okay, so when I was sitting on a couch for three months, I'm a, I'm a speaker, you know, and um, traveled the country and, and did that for many years. So when when people needed a speaker, guess what? I, I just referred them to somebody else and somebody else did the job and right. they did it well. And at the end of the day, I don't, that's you know, as great as that is and how much I want to do it, somebody else could replace me in that. That's and a great that's a thought. Big eye opener. You know, oh, yeah. you, you're on the, you're on the radio, but at the end but, of the day, somebody could replace you. You know what? And, they, you have no idea. They tell me that every day here, by the way, <laughs> like, yeah, you're replaceable. But what's amazing is anyone could. And as you, just as you said that, I thought, oh man, we should all make a list of where we're irreplaceable. Yeah. Like, I think I'm the only yeah. one in my family that knows how to get the toilet to stop running. You know how they sometimes stick and they run. There, I'm irreplaceable. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's it. Like with our families, the people that love us the most, our friends. Um, you know, it's it's not worth working ourselves to death or having all these priorities that don't matter when we've got the ones sitting right in front of us that do. And when we find joy in those the people that we love, it's just. I mean, I think that's heaven on earth. Really, yeah, I, 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 think I think my little right. family. My little family of four, my husband, my two children, they're, they're like heaven on earth. Yeah. It's just, I love them so much. Do, do you think, do, do people need to prepare to be ready for these events in their lives, or do they just need to be present? And that's all the preparation you really need. Good question. I, I do think we need to prepare. And, I, you know, I feel like, I feel like the Lord, he prepares us for, you know, all the things we're going to go through in life. And so on one level, yeah, we just need to be present. But I remember as a teenager, a couple things where um, somebody said, you know, who would you call if this is your last day? And everybody's thinking of who they call and who, what they do. And, and one guy stood up, he said, I wouldn't call anybody because every day I live as if it's my last. 
Hmm. So I would have already made those calls. And, and that really struck me. And so I kind of started to live like that as a teenager where I just try not to let things be unsaid or, you know, hold things in and just be really honest with people. And um, that was that was one thing when I woke up from death thinking, well, who, you know, even in, in the wakes of those first days where I thought I could die again, like, who do I need to call? What do I need to do? And, and there really wasn't anybody. And yeah. there, 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 so I think there's a readiness in that of like every day just being ready and saying the things you need to say to the people who who mean the most to you. Um, but then also not having a fear that if I did die, it would have been okay. Yeah. You know, I, 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 every day I've been trying to live my life for the Lord. I've been trying to live for heaven in a deeper way now, you know, in a, in a more like experienced way now. But, um, but that was already happening. So when I did wake up from death, it was kind of like a, like a hand across my head, like, phew. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Dodged it. Yeah. Thank goodness I had already been living like this because I didn't think I'd die at age no, totally. <laughs> well, and again, there were, I love that there was peace. And so you were going to feel peace anyway, probably, right? I mean, right. it's such a beautiful experience that you should talk about miracles because I could just hear the cynic out there saying, ah, blah, blah, blah. She wasn't really dead. She was just kind of dead. I mean, what do you, what do you say to the person that, that doesn't believe in miracles? Well, um, I don't know. I, you know, I think, I think deep down, uh, they'll, they'll, it doesn't matter what I think of them. Right. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, this is what happened to me and, and, and it might make a mark on their heart today. Maybe it won't. Maybe they'll just like tuck the story back in their mind and something will happen to them or, you know, they'll go through a time of suffering and maybe they'll remember and, yeah. and it'll, it'll give them hope. It's your miracle, right? It's yours, and you're sharing it. But I think as you shared it, it does touch people. I mean, that's what's so powerful about it is it's not witchcraft and, you know, you're not doing magic here. You're just telling a story about how you were impacted. Yeah, and, um, you know, by the way, we did celebrate my daughter's birthday all weekend with parties and family stuff, so I don't want you to think we're having the most boring day. But (laughs) um, but anyways, this morning I went to Circle K just to grab a coffee and I, I went in, and uh, the lady, you know, she, she was working, and I said, how are you doing today, ma'am? And, you know, she's like, oh, I'm good. You seem chipper. I said, today's a great day. Today's hmm. a good day. And um, she goes, why? And, and I said, well, four years ago today, I died and I uh, in childbirth, and I shouldn't have survived, and I did, and it, it was amazing. And I'm living to talk tell you about it right now. So That's today is great. a great day. It's my daughter's birthday. You know, and I just, and she's like, wow, you don't hear about that very often. And we just started a conversation and it wasn't like I was trying to sell her a book or say, Hey, read my blog or, you know, right, it's not right. about that. It's what like, I love. I want everyone to know my story. Oh yeah. Is, it's not mine. You know, it's like, just, I think to myself, maybe just me sharing it with the circle K lady is going to want, if she's suffering or she's struggling in her life, that she just heard a bit of hope today. Oh yeah. And that's really why I think I'm here. You know, that's great. I mean, and again, that's you brought the peace to everyone else. There's incredible, incredible power when you when you're willing to, I, I think, share it. I mean, it'd be easy for you to forget it and fall back to a space where you're just like the rest of us that uh, dread the day. But sharing it is powerful. You, by the way, not to. You also have a really cool story that no one's ever going to beat. So if you ever in a situation where you need to one up someone, you can just say, "Well, oh, I yeah, died. I died. Beat that." All the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's pretty Yeah, neat. all the time. I, I'm a total one-upper anyway. So. Yeah. No, you've got it. That is the greatest story. <laughs> hey, I've got about 20 seconds. Will you just do this? Mm-hmm. Tell me the one thing we all need to remember. The one thing we should all remember that you learned from your story. That God is big, and he has the power to bring us out of the depths of darkness, even the darkness of death and our suffering and our struggle, and bring us back into the light. That's cool. He is big, and he is powerful. Love it. That's it. Yeah. Good job, Melanie okay. Pritchard. Everybody go check out that book, The Day I Died. You can go to her website, melaniepritchard.org, and uh, go enjoy life. And happy, happy birthday to your daughter. Thank you. Thanks, Melanie, and thank you for surviving and telling us your story. <laughs> Seriously, welcome. appreciate it. We're going to take a break. Uh, more ideas, more tools right here on the Matt Townsend Show to help you find the good in the world. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, the second hour of our program. Today, we have been talking about finding hope during suffering. Just had a wonderful interview um, with Melanie Pritchard. By the way, I mean, heaven's sakes, dies, dies. When they send you home with a defibrillator, you know, you're pretty sick. (laughs) You could go at any time. What we loved about her story, um, if you, and by the way, if you want to go find more out about Melanie, just go to her website, melaniepritchard.org. But she talked about kind of this, you know, this need to balance. She came back. She felt this incredible peace. She recognized that she had um, had a wonderful uh, blessing kind of to, to be saved, to be able to come back. She had a lot of peace in her life, but she still had to go back and join the world. You know, you got to be real. So our very own Maddie Richard and her um, beau. Wait <laughs> is that what we're calling second. him? Your friend. I don't know. What we're, I don't know what we're going to call him. Anyway, your showman's. You can just call me the doctor. The doctor the of passion. Doctor of passion. James is joining us, and they're, together they are going to teach us about finding hope in life and balancing it with being real because you could get out there and just be so hopeful that you're naive and then you get hit by a truck well i don't know that that happens a lot no it happens all the time seven times a day yep i count yeah no we're gonna be talking about um what's the line between optimism and realism and being Hmm. you know optimistic but also understanding that sometimes bad things do happen yeah so how do you how do you delineate the line how does how does one find the line so I'm going to let James tackle that. Where the, how do you find the line? Well, I, I think the first step is just to realize that there, there is a line. There's you know? a line between being optimistic and realistic. I mean, you can, you know, you can get hurt if you're naively optimistic. And there are extremes on both sides. You know, you can be overly realistic where you refuse to hope at anything and you're just kind of, you know, a downer. That's pessimistic. Yeah, that's sure. pessimism. And um, then optimism, you know, uh, unbridled optimism, that, you know, is just as bad. Yeah. You know, you're refusing to accept what reality, you know, is, yeah. you know, how things really are. 
that's not healthy either. No, because you're going to get hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I really like the nature of of re, like reality and, and hope. And because uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. had a, a really interesting thing to say about it. He said, "We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope." Mm. And I really like that because really it, it kind of shows the the nature of things that that hope is is infinite and yeah. and the reality of the disappointments that and the challenges that we experience um, you know that they're finite and stuff and so so don't let the disappointments destroy your hope that's huge I love that you know let it continue on but then also keep it in perspective that they mm-hmm. are going to happen yeah though they will be only little fragments and, of life and but yeah but for a moment exactly that's cool so I always think about you know in the in the old war movies when oh, which which old war movies are you all talking of them, about Dirty all Dozen of, all of the Dirty war Dozen movies. like Rambo Kelly's Heroes all of the all of the movies Hogan's Heroes okay oh, all Great of Escape those. Um, and they you know the one guy gets shot and mm-hmm. he's like you need to tell my wife I love her and the guy's like no don't say that you're not gonna die you're not gonna die and the guy's like no you need to listen to me. And you should tell her that I love her. And you, it's that's the balance. Someone's hopeful. You're going to be okay. You're going to pull through. And one's being, but if I don't, yeah, you need to be able to tell this to my wife or whatever. Okay, but in that example, someone usually dies, right? Okay, yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's I guess the that's point. hard. That's, that's the, the hard point. Part. Yeah, is that the one still wants to be hopeful that sure. you're going to come out okay yeah. and this is going to be okay. But you know, the others, yeah, I hope so, but. If I'm going to cope with yeah. the fact that I might not. See, and that's the balance, huh? Of that life. is the balance. And so we have a few, um, James and I have a few tips okay. about how you can maybe be okay with the balance, find the balance. Um, the first thing is ask yourself, would I expect someone else to be hopeful in this situation? So if you were just given a stage four cancer diagnosis, mm-hmm. you should ask, Okay. Would I expect someone else that had a stage four cancer diagnosis to be hopeful in this situation? Yeah. So, I mean, that can help you when you're not being hopeful Mm -hmm. and you say, okay, but if anybody else was in their shoes, I would be cheering them on. I'd be telling them that they can do it. Or it can help you to look and say, wow, if anybody else was in this situation, I would look at them and I'd say, I'm so sorry. What can I do to help you through this? That's a great – because that's like, that's the dumb and dumber yeah. quote where he's like, she she doesn't want to date him. <laughs> she's like, so what are the odds of a guy like – girl like me, I think he says, and a guy like you getting together? And she says, not good. And he says, okay, not good, like one in a million. And yeah. I think she says, no more, like one in 10 million or something. <laughs> so there's one in 10 million. Then he's like, so you're telling me there's a chance. So he yeah. wasn't – He's not being if – if he asks, okay, in a one in 10 million chance or whatever, that's not a very good odd. Yeah. If anyone else gave those odds on – it's not good. And you I, should see that. And I think it's good to look at other – how you would want other people to react because you would never say, well, you're a lost cause. You'd say, well, you still yeah. have a chance. But you would be able to look at them and, and say, okay, your chances aren't great. Yeah. We're going to do whatever we can to increase those chances, but – Let's face the. Mm-hmm. This is what's probably going to happen. I like that. So That's looking good. at it away from yourself and at another person's perspective can help yeah. clear yeah. clear things up. So the next thing to do is identify the scenarios: the worst case scenario and the best case scenario. This helps me all the time when I think, okay, what's the worst possible thing that could happen? And like in some cases, obviously, like Melanie, I mean, but worst like case death, scenario, but most of the time, dies. it's not death. But the thing is, it's you just can, like you'll fail a class. Yeah. Or or. You don't end up going on the date. Or you don't get the job. Yeah. Right. And I mean, 
when you're able to say that's the very worst thing that can happen, wow, like I could have yeah. my life could be a lot worse. I'm, I'm doing OK. How would you handle if the worst case scenario happened? How would you handle and it? And that's the you, next thing is okay. how will I react if the thing I'm hoping for doesn't pan out? That's and great. if you can look at that beforehand and say, OK, if it doesn't pan out, I'm going to apply for this job Plan B. or I'm going to um, call my mom and work things out with her to go back to what we were doing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You, if you can look and say, all right, what's the next plan? Then when it doesn't maybe pan out, it's not hopeless. Yeah. It's OK. Well, we know what's going to happen now because we've been planning for this. Love it. See, that's realistic. Yeah. And, and you can still be hopeful. Yeah, you can, can still, still hope, hope you get the yeah, job. Yeah. But then be hopeful that if I don't, everything will still be okay. Right. That's good. All right. The next thing is really crucial. I is, want you to tell James me. James going to talk again? Yeah, I'm going to have James talk about this one. <laughs> retain, this retain positivity while preparing for the negative. By the way, that, tell me that's not James. That's what James said. Yeah, I live in the negativity, but I'm positive about no, you're it. Very, you're positively negative. <laughs> no, you're a very positive guy. I'm a paradox. So how do we retain positivity? It's all about optimism, man. It, I, I think that once once again, going back to the principle of what hope is, you know, that it's an eternal, infinite concept. That if you if you identify what the base hope is, then that can't be destroyed. No matter what negative right. thing happens, they, the hope cannot be destroyed by anything. I love that. You, know, you could hear Melanie say that basically. I don't care what you think about my story. It brought me hope. Yeah, exactly. Like if you don't get that job, you know, your hope is that eventually you'll have a job that you can provide for your family and yeah. that you can thrive in. And if you don't get that specific job, that's not going to stop you from hoping to get a job, you know, sure. that you can continue on and be positive that, you know, you will obtain that hope one day. That's great. So it's kind of it's independent of you or what you have. Yeah. yeah. You can have hope that, you know, surpasses independent of your got. circumstances. That's right. I love it. All right. Wow, you guys are a great tag team. We are. Look at us. You guys could be like the Iyers. It's like. All you need is an MBA from Harvard and, I don't know, 50 years of marriage. That's all. We can get there. Get on it. Okay. Do you want the last one? Yeah. So just to wrap it up a little bit, you just need to focus on what can I do? What can I control? What are my actions and reactions? So I think it's just, you know, going back to. You can be hopeful. You need to be realistic, but you can only really control yourself. You can't control the situation, yeah. but you can only control how you add to it, how you detract from it, and how you react to it. So if you just remember that as you're thinking about, okay, what am I looking at? What should I be hopeful? What is the realistic thing? You just have to remember you can't change the no. situation. You can change yourself but and if, your attitude. And if everybody's sitting there saying, oh, you're such an optimist. Mm-hmm. You know, what a great gift. Yeah. So just temper it with a little realism. But exactly. if somebody's like, oh, my heavens, you're such a pessimist, okay, just temper it with a little more yeah, optimism. exactly. Yeah. And just remember, good things happen. So do bad things. That's life. So just prepare yourself for whatever's going to come your way. That's great. Wow. Woo! James wrote all of those Woo! things. I just that was on me, yeah. That was great. And I appreciate <laughs> that you told her what to say. Thanks. Because it it's almost pleasure. like you had studied it yourself. Almost, but I didn't. But it, was, it was neat. Yeah, I think it was a neat tag team thing. I feel like you guys are closer because of it. We are. James is the optimist. I'm the realist. Together, we make the perfect team. No, all you need is a pessimist. You. Yep. I'm, I'm yeah. an optimist. Right? <laughs> I'm an optimist. Okay. So, sorry, I don't know if you guys got the memo. Check your inbox. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, guess who's in the house? Her debut, the first time she's actually been live in studio. Jenny Layton will be joining us from Happy Girl. Happy no, what's that? Gal. Happy Gal. 
Happy girl. She's a happy girl. Though. From thehappygal.com. Uh, Go check out her website. She's going to be joining us. And uh, I don't know. She, she's got some splaining to do. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Hey, welcome back, everybody. In the house, Jenny Layton is joining us. She's in the studio. She's the author of the newly released cookbook, Healthy Eating, The Happy Gal Way. you got to go check out her blog, thehappygal.com. Uh, and, and that's Jane. I don't know if you know this, Jen, um, but James has been so smitten with your blog. You have? Mm-hmm. That he's, he's made his own blog. I, can I guess what the name is? Yeah. Happy guy. No. No? That was taken. <laughs> the disenchanted dude. <laughs> it was kind of awkward. I don't think it has the same ring as yours. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It the, seems more you know negative. What, what's great about that is that your followers will need me. Oh, yeah. So, no, you yeah. know, we're talking yeah. optimism, pessimism. Yeah. That's <laughs> a gateway to write to your blog. That, thank yeah. you. He's the gateway <laughs> drug to your blog. <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> You've got a killer blog going. And um, by the way, I tasted your treats. Yeah. Uh, very good. What were those that I ate? What was it? They're, we call them homemade protein bars. We, the, the team. The team. The That's team. what it is in the book. Okay. Yeah. Call homemade protein bars. Yeah. I, um, personally, uh, downed, I think three and a half of them. Good for you. That's a lot of protein. I was, let's just say very proteined up. <laughs> Did you go lift after? I, you know what? I didn't. But I did. <laughs> just another one into your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I just lifted the plate closer to my mouth so I didn't spill. But those were yummy. Well, I'm glad you liked it because you know what? All the recipes in there are really good. You, uh, you know? know, it's almost like you know, it's like the book's legit. <laughs> <laughs> if it took bringing a protein bar down here to you, you know, what? to hear those words from your mouth, I I, I, I can't believe it. you didn't have me like. You know, put a testimonial on the book. Yeah, well, I'm doing it right now. Second edition. Second edition. Go check out the book. Second edition to be released <laughs> soon. You'll see my featuring Matt Townsend's yeah. testimonial. I, if you want me, I'll go through each meal. I'll uh-huh. go through each dessert. Let's just start with dessert. That's really kind of you. <laughs> I'll just do the desserts, and then I'll just put a little stamp of approval. And the great thing is, you'll be healthier after you eat all that dessert. It's so. True. It's a win-win. Yeah. yeah, I I didn't know I liked protein as much as I do, <laughs> but the protein oh, bars I can make it taste good. Mm! And most protein I eat is off of a barbecue. Mm-hmm. But yours wasn't. Yours was just nice and. It was out of a mm. jar. I don't know. <laughs> it was out of a jar. It was peanut butter. It was yummy. And protein powder. So um, now this is weird because it's just a weird question. But you heard about. <laughs> I never know what's coming. I know. Either do I, quite <laughs> Especially honestly. Especially when you preface it that I, way. I still don't even know what I'm about I gotta to I got to get my you. game on. <laughs> but Melanie Pritchard, we just told the story. Did you hear about that? I mean, she died. Yeah. Have you ever died? No. I died. Not yet. But that's real I death. I feel like she I died. am. But, yeah. Like. When you hear somebody's died, the rest of us just need to, like, relax. <laughs> you know what I mean? You didn't die. So, yeah. But it's funny because we all act as if, like, that person in front of us going so slow, they're killing us. Mm-hmm. But they don't know what death is. No. Right? None of us really do. <laughs> but don't you think that would just make people happier if they just – if we could all die without dying, mm-hmm. 
we just need to get that experience. Then well, we'd be happy. That's what she expressed. Well, I think, I mean, that's not going to happen. No. But if it did, priorities instantly align. Line up, don't you yeah. think? That's a cool moment. That's a really cool moment. Um because I don't have that as often as I need it. You, <laughs> you know need to I mean? die a little more. <laughs> Near-death experiences yeah. a little more. They always tell me – at my house, they always say, I'm going to have a slow death. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's like, oh, yeah, eat one of those. Sure, die slow. <laughs> but um, not not your food, by the way. Yes. So uh, talk to us about life's going to happen. So we don't need to just go die. We're going to be challenged anyways. That's all – she had a life or death challenge. Yeah. And what's interesting too, she doesn't even remember – Mm-hmm. She was bummer. out. I yeah. mean, in a way, sometimes you, you hear they do. Yeah. That's a little bummer. But yeah, but I, in a way, I don't know that I'd want to remember everything. Mm-hmm. You know? People don't want to come back. Yeah, no. And I think happen. if they open you up on a surgical table and like leave you open for 12 hours, <laughs> I mean, that's I don't want to remember that. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? But you're usually out of your body. Well, that's so you're not going to be feeling it. But yeah, but I don't want to look at myself like that. <laughs> they all I don't know if up. the doctors yeah, want no. to look at us like I that. I think they would just cover me back up. Um, so, so talk to us about challenges because a lot of us don't want them. Well, yeah, th- I love this topic today because I'm thinking about all of the listeners out there that are listening, thinking there is a significant percentage of people that are listening that are going through hard stuff. Yeah, I mean, oh like, yeah, like hard, 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 right? Financial, where, where death would be like. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it can feel that way. It can feel so low and so bleak. And so, you know, health, relationships, financial, personal, inner struggles. And I I just as I thought about the opportunity to talk to listeners right now, I just thought, you know, I kind of want to invite all those listeners to set aside all of those burdens and those challenges for just a minute, because sometimes we're so immersed in them that Mm -hmm. it's really hard to get any perspective. Right. Just. Like, give yourself a 20-minute mini vacation from it. Oh. <laughs> like a Calgon That sounds good. Commercial, <laughs> Take me away. Right? Yeah. That's right. Put it on the shelf. You can put it back on in just a minute if you want to. Nah. Why would <laughs> well, you? Well, hopefully I mean, you but won't we, want but to. But even if you have to endure it, if you can actually take it off of you for a few minutes, mm-hmm. that's telling you something. Well, and that's that's kind of the that's point the that trick. I'm getting You're to. You're tricking us. Because, and so that leads me to, you know, when I coach or when I speak, one of the big things I really try to point out is that actually I have a metaphor for it. Mm. And it's it's kind of this separation thing that I'm talking about, separating yourself from what's going on. And yeah. it's it's an overused metaphor. Let's hear it. I love metaphors. Does it involve May- peanut butter? <laughs> no peanut butter. Okay. Darn it. All right. <laughs> but maybe with your wit, you can come up with a new metaphor. I will. I'll make up a new one. Okay. You get working on uh, that not that I, I could, talk. I won't be able to find a better metaphor than yours, but well, I'll make one up. It fits really well. Okay. So, Let's hear it. Okay. So we live in the Salt Lake Valley. Yeah. Have you ever flown out of the Salt Lake Valley? Yes. February yes. inversion. Yes. And it's been in for like a week, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And it's bleak. It's dark. It's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know what's above, but it doesn't feel like when mm. you come through that, what are you going to see? Right. The blue sky, yeah. right? It's going to be heaven. Yeah. So, you know, when people are going through challenges, I think this is such a great metaphor to remember that um, life – you. It's blue sky. You are – it's good. You're safe. You're good. Truly. And then those challenges roll in like the clouds. And sometimes they're high clouds. Sometimes it's thick inversion for a week. You know, you've got some heavy-duty challenges. But the the reality is that in time, those things are going to – it's going to blow away. It'll it'll always blow away. Yeah. And what you're left with is what was there all along, which is – blue skies even if the even if the news delivered is traumatic okay you're going to lose your arm because of the accident yeah at first that's 
that's a huge thing. That's a big deal. Yeah. But it's interesting, you know, after years, mm-hmm. it's blowing away. Well, it's just life now. Because human spirit is so resilient yeah. and you learn to cope. And, and the, the crazy thing is in that moment when you get that news delivered of whatever it is, yeah. um, you're just encompassed by all of those feelings that come up that feel so real. That's it. And that is the challenge is recognizing that I am – my evidence right now is that this is real. It's scary. I've lost control. I don't know what's going to happen to me. Maybe I don't feel like I'm worth anything. Whatever yeah. it is, those are just feelings that in time they're going to go. There, you know what we call that? What? It's a, it's a little audio we call um, Let It Go. Yeah. Oh, no. Here we go. Let it go. <laughs> mm. I have arrived. There it is. That I got that during my segment. You've officially been let it go, (laughs) but and I had to, (laughs) I had to do it for you because I thought for sure you were going to say you just got to let it go. Oh, I almost did. Let's just you want to try it again, and we'll try it again. He's quicker on the. I don't know. It feels a little cheesy. Well, no, it's no, Jen. It's totally cheesy. That's why we do. That's the only (laughs) reason. But could it be a moment for a listener? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so what should we do with these things? Yeah. What should we do with these things that just seem to overwhelm us? These challenges that seem so hard. Matt. Yeah. You just gotta let it go. That was powerful for me. Did you feel it? I felt it. <laughs> I just let something go. <laughs> you let it go. By the way, that is a metaphor. The cloud metaphor was perfect. Thank you. I don't know that I could. I was. Nothing I better. had another metaphor, but I think it's lost in translation. It's. Um, have you ever just had something you couldn't cough up? <laughs> I don't want to go down this road any See, further. Either do I. Either do I. So I'll I think go back your to metaphor the is better. Yeah. <laughs> Just cough it up, but there's not a good song that goes with that. No, there's not, and I doubt there ever will be one. So, <laughs> no. but you know, it's, I think you're right. the The challenge, the the cool thing about the challenge is, and it seems like it happened with um, our earlier guest. It, you get stronger, and so mm-hmm. it's not that it's not that you just no longer have the pain of it. You're you're so strong now because of it mm-hmm. that you're at a different space. You're mm-hmm. not the same guy. So having lost something or having been challenged. You're different because you've been through that. So you can handle more. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty delicate process because one of the things I'm suggesting as we talk about this is you can't let those feelings become your reality. Oh, yeah. But on the, so, so what you're trying to do is look past them, but you're not trying to bury them. Right. Because right. that's scary. That's no, no. toxic. Yeah. To, to kind, that's you're gonna denial. Deal with them. Right. You're yeah, going to have to deal with them later. So you acknowledge that they're there. Yeah. But you look beyond, and that's when I think that growth happens. Yeah, I think that's good. I think also what's interesting is um, we trust our feelings a lot, even though they're really wrong very consistently. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I keep thinking, ah, I could have one more muffin. <laughs> one more protein bar. I have one more and protein And you can. Bar. They're healthy. Well, you'd think so. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, very high in fiber. <laughs> um, we're going to take a break. that's enough information And I appreciate you uh, for letting me segue. <laughs> Out. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back more with the happy gal, Jenny Layton, in the house. By the way, she didn't bring us food. Oh, she didn't. But big she, mistake. But <laughs> she did send a recipe in that someone else made for. Her. I hope you're not mad about that too. No, because we keep wait. Anyway. We, we do need to talk about that. Actually, yeah, I knew we we'll would. come back. Okay, we're going to come back uh, more with Jenny Layton right here on the Matt Townsend Show.
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, Jenny Layton, thehappygal.com. By the way, never met anybody more happy than you. Really? Mm -hmm. Just the light came in with me when I walked to the studio. The light. Oh, no. Yeah, no, there was brighter light. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's my aura. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was like the Borealis. Aurora Borealis. I I probably should know what that is. Don't worry about it. Hey, um, so anyway, Sarah Gowans was here last week. I know. And she, she's, I I mean. Delightful. Delightful. Yeah. She's the one that brought in your protein bars. Yeah. Uh, And we were a little disappointed you didn't bring anything in except, I mean, you brought (laughs) yourself. Have we brought that up yet? No, I don't think we brought that up yet. I just didn't want it. I just want it to get deeply embedded. So there's a message here. No, there's Next not. Time there I really come isn't. In. No, really. There you really want the isn't. tofu bars? Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, let me clarify. Don't just do tofu. Any potential buyers for the cookbook? Yeah. No tofu. In no, the you're to- it's a tofu-less. Tof- tofu-free. Tofu- tofu-free. Say that fast. Right? No, <laughs> I can't. But Sarah, Sarah's great, and you referred Sarah to us to be a contributor, and you did great. Thanks. And she's part of your blog. Yeah. And Good you're job. still having me come on, apparently. No, yeah. Well, even though I'm not very needed. No, you're very needed. Wait a minute. No, you are. You're very, <laughs> you're very needed. You really are. First, it's all Jenny's so great. We'll see. We love what's Jenny happening is, and what happens by the end of the segment. Well, we're all start. We're all starting to wonder, like, <laughs> what you do on the blog if if, if Sarah's Sarah, if the Sarah show. writes it and it's a blog uh-huh. and manages the blog. We, we were just wondering <laughs> what you do on the blog. Clearly, you don't know what a blog takes. No, I don't. No. I have a blog, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know what it takes. I do a lot. You do a lot. You really mm-hmm. do, and you do because, and I know that because it's not easy trying to talk to me <laughs> on a weekly basis. It's no, not. no. So people have died. Well, and so, I had to bring Sarah in a couple times, and yeah. so I just can't take it anymore. I know. Sarah said that. Sarah said you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's very honest. So are you. <laughs> she tells us all of the truth. No, but you got your blog's phenomenal, and your Thank book you. again phenomenal, Thank and you. your next book, version two, where I write personal testimonials about all the food I've tried mm-hmm. that you've brought, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll put your picture in it. No, <laughs> I don't like pictures. pictures. We'll do it before and after before you eat all the food. You see, I have a face they after. say for radio, <laughs> and they say I have a body for print journalism. <laughs> Well, hey, you've got you've got more help for us because on the show we've been talking about hope, not losing the hope. Mm -hmm. Challenges are going to come. You're telling us they're going to come no matter what. Watch out because your feelings will overwhelm you. Mm -hmm. You'll get you'll get piled on by your feelings, and you're telling us watch out for that. Yeah. Um, kind of fight through it. What What are some other rules that you would give us to keep the hope alive? Well, I think. It's pretty hard to not get enveloped by all of those feelings because they feel so real. Yeah. And you kind of – when you start saying, okay, I'm not going to go with that feeling. Yeah. you got to replace it with something. Yeah. Yeah. You find yourself in a pretty vulnerable yeah. situation. Oh, yeah. So that's the – I didn't use let it go as the hot buzzword for self-help because yeah. vulnerability seems to be it right now. Do you, right? Do you hear uh, a lot about that? No, totally. Vul- uh, James, do you have a vulnerability – Bit we could just pull up real quick. That's it. <laughs> Nailed it. Wow, that was a different energy what? than That's I was great. anticipating. Yeah. I may not use that word again. Yeah, but see, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. James is a really deep thinker. Thanks, James. There's a lot of levels to that. 
<laughs> but we do hear a ton of vulnerability, right? Because now you've got to be vulnerable, be willing. And you see that as a blogger because you're putting yourself oh, out there. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the minute you're putting your thoughts out there that then people can critique, mm-hmm. I mean, that's bad. Well, perfect example because you can't stay in that space of what what are they going to say? What do they think right. of me? You have to connect with that greater purpose of I want to help people right. and this is what it's going to take. And when you do that, this is when you do that, this is what's going to happen. A party? <laughs> I don't know what that is. But 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 when you put yourself out there, that's a risk, right? Yeah. And you there is a reward sometimes. Sometimes there's not. Mm-hmm. And even when you succeed, that's what's hard. It seems like the more you succeed, the more you're going to get crud. Mm-hmm. The more people are going to throw at you. Yeah, but I think the better you get at navigating through all of yeah. that. So I think it gets to be a little bit easier. But I, I think when you're like in the middle of your challenge – and it's really hard. There's this term, um, Brene Brown, yeah. familiar with her? Uh-huh. She used this term once that I loved. It's so descriptive. I think it just nailed it. She says, we dress rehearse tragedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we expect the worst just in case it happens you're prepared. And what's so sad, my mother-in-law has always said 99% of what you worry about never even happens. And it, I've really found that it's true. It's so true. So you put yourself through 99% more trouble than you right. really need to go through. And for what? Just in case. Yeah. So see, that's the downside of the human, uh, yeah. Right, because the human's going to self-protect. So yeah, you know, we're going to worry about well, what if, but what if, but what if, even if the what if never happens, mm-hmm. we're just self-protecting. But so, that's why the spirituality comes in because it's not going to play the fear side. Mm-hmm. It's going to play kind of the love side. Well, when you're in that space, and I'm not going to say the word lest yeah. we hear that. Yeah, that noise. <laughs> that wonderful noise. Yeah. When you're in that space, you have to – all the evidence in front of you is what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And just like the clouds, like it's a cloudy, yucky day, right? You have to put your faith in something beyond what you see, beyond the evidence that's before you, which means you're trusting really in something greater than yourself. There you go. I think even for spiritual people, religious people, that is hard. That's a really vulnerable place to get to. Yeah, that just doesn't work. No, it kind of. Yeah, that's James. Just for homework, go find another sound <laughs> cue for vulnerable. You're and, probably going to hear it again. Yeah, you know? are we? Well, there, I think it's there, a good we word. do have one. We do have one that will work up. Okay. The next time you use the word vulnerable. Okay. Um, it's it's really powerful. But anyway, um, <laughs> oh, no, he's making a note. I'm making a note. So <laughs> the so the next time that there's so. We have to have something bigger than us, than our fearful little human side yeah. to, to connect into. Yeah. And then when you're vulnerable. Hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Yep. Maybe it doesn't feel like that in the moment that you're vulnerable, though. No, but that's the outcome. That's the outcome. Which is better. We're that, getting a little ahead of ourselves. That outcome <laughs> is better than the first outcome. Better. Don't you think? Don't yeah. you think? It just felt better. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. See how we just do this on the fly? I, I feel like we're delivering a lot of value right now. No, we are. More value than you even know. More value than you even know. Everyone needs a laugh. So, um, Especially if they're having struggles. Well, especially when they're having struggles. And then what happens is once you're vulnerable, then you've operated out of a higher level of yourself. So instead mm-hmm. of your fear guiding mm-hmm. you, your your goal, your peace, your passion's guiding you. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you're – you're, you're um, insecure. I won't use yeah. the other word we were using because it'll set them off. And then you get you're elevated to a higher level. Yeah. So it's always sticking your head out. That's, you know, 
Yeah. The tortoise has to stick his head out well, to get it. Well, the anywhere. tricky part, though, is that those fears and those thoughts and that reality, thats it's like you're drowning and that's what you know. That's mm-hmm. your life preserver. So what else are you going to grab onto? Yeah. There's got to be something else. You can't just let go and drown. Right. There's got to be something else to grab onto. And really what I've found in my own experience and my studies and working with people is that there's this paradoxical type of uh, go-to that really doesn't – you wouldn't expect – yeah. That this would be what you would need to do in the midst of your sorrows and despair and frustrations. But it's interesting that the, the way out of those things really is through gratitude. Sure. Which no one feels like being grateful in the middle of all that. No, but again, our earlier guest dies. And mm-hmm. when she comes out of it all, what she's always got now is this gratitude that she's still there. Yeah. That she gets to raise her babies, that she gets yeah. to. Yeah. And that's, I think, the most interesting thing is to look at look at evidence from other people and other things they've gone through. And when you can see that consistent thread, gratitude's huge. And I think level set on gratitude, you're not going to be like, oh, okay, I'm really grateful I have cancer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm really grateful I'm going through a divorce because there's Mm -mm. nothing fun about that. But what you do is look beyond the fear and the feelings and you go, okay, my life, there's lots of good still going on in my life. The sky is still blue, yeah. even though it feels really lousy right now. I know that's going to clear. So that's what's right. still going on that's good? Well, I've got a lot of good people rallying around me to support me. Yeah. I am so grateful for that. And and when you can connect with that, you get up in the morning, you get dressed, yeah. you feed the kids breakfast, or you go to work or whatever it is you need to do, versus you stay in the feelings. Yeah, and, and, and what does slide that do? Down. It's a spiral down. So I, I always look at that as a spiral up versus a spiral down. So by the time I circle back to thinking about cancer, but it's it's a time later when I've worked and been yeah. vulnerable and grown. Yeah. When I circle back, I'm ne- I'm I'm at the same point seemingly, but I've been elevated. Yeah. That's the upward spiral. So now all of a sudden, I am probably grateful I had cancer. Isn't that weird? I mean, you would never think she you was could grateful. say that. She went through that. Yeah. Nobody wants to die. Because these things become your teachers. <clears throat> right. And you, that's invaluable to you. But that process can't happen if you're not willing to put it on the shelf for a minute yeah. and examine it in a different way. Yeah, yeah. When you're Ooh. so... Do we need a sound effect No, we don't. That one? <laughs> no. I'm just saying don't do a sound effect. <laughs> that, but see, that's it. You have to... That's learning, right? Uh-huh. So that's why what's cool is as long as you're learning mm-hmm. instead of just fearing, mm-hmm. this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. And something else that comes to mind too, which is a challenge for me, is you got to not take it all so seriously, yeah. which I mean disease is serious. Oh, sure. You know, but but if you take it all so seriously, you can't step out of it and get that perspective that oh, allows yeah. you to grow and really become – an entirely different person on the other side of the challenge. So true. <laughs> Jenny, Truth. You did it Love again. It. That was great. Yeah, Thanks. you need to come down more often. Okay. And just like be in studio. I need I need a jet or something. Yeah. To get me down probably, here. You know, we have they have trains. Yeah. Amtrak. Are they fast? You could bring you could come down on I'll bring my kids down. Do it. We've got it. <laughs> we've got a nursery. All right. Kind of. Next time. It's not a nerd. It's just a bunch of producers in a room. I know. They're all back there shaking Yeah, Mike's their heads. great with kids. Oh, they, they looked at me like, don't call me a nursery. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> they're good everybody. kids. Jenny, you're the best. Appreciate Thanks. it. Fun um, to be here. Maybe just stick around with us. 
Okay. Because we, I, I have no idea what we're going to do this last uh, little bit. But Got it. I'm sure we'll need your insight. Okay. Jenny Layton in the house. Uh, again, go check out her blog, thehappygal.com. It is her blog. She's the owner. <laughs> and, and the creator. creator. <laughs> uh, she does I a lot. I just don't manage anything. <laughs> she writes the books. And then she has Sarah Gowans, who manages the blog. That's it. Good system. Good system. Uh, thanks. We're going to take a break. More when we come back as we ta- as we try to discuss hope and finding uh, hope through uh, all of our suffering. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. As we're wrapping up the show, that is the hoedown music, which means, uh, you know, we're wrapping up the show. Jenny Layton's in the house. She loves the hoedown music. Yeah. Do you guys have this I'm, music on happygal.com? When we're really happy. Do you? Yeah. Is this the happy sound? At our sound? meetings. That, yeah. We yeah. hoedown. That's cool. <laughs> so do we. Holy cow. I knew we had something in common. Yeah. That must be it. Hey, uh, as we wrap up the show, Aaron, Aaron. Um, Ooh, I like that. Thank you. He uh, he has been helping us find. He's going to help us find the good in the world, the well, the silver lining, which is what Jenny just taught us to do. We've got to be grateful, right? And well, be grateful for the good and see it. I'm actually talking about sewing, like clothing, silver linings, Matt. Not mm. positive thinking. Did you get confused on that? Yeah, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we need to talk more. All right, and right, James. Rhinestones as well. Yeah, rhinestones silver linings and, jewels. and rhinestones. Really? Yeah. That's a sounds like a great last segment. Gotta <laughs> no, lighten things up. A in all bit. honesty, though, I'm going to give you guys a quote. I want to tell what you think. Okay. okay. Yeah. Every dark cloud has a sil- silver lining, but lightning kills hundreds of people each year who are trying to find it. That's yeah. pessimistic, isn't it? That's Ouch. that felt negative. That's that's a negative silver lining quote. Now, okay, too many people miss the silver lining because they're expecting gold. What about mm-hmm. that one? Is that a little bit better? Or are we still kind of... Um, I think you took a step more toward the light on that one. Okay. I'm going to try one more, right? Okay. Things turn out best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out. That's a positive quote, mm. finding the silver lining in, in life. I like that one. You need to throw a little but silver in there, though. A little you know? bit of silver. Yeah, I didn't throw was, silver in there, but I, was, I felt like that one kind of... Isn't silver a poison? <laughs> Well, yeah, if you only consume if you wear, too much it, silver, you can consume yeah. a little bit, right? You can wear it. A little bit. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can wear it. You just don't drink it or consume yeah. it. <laughs> I had to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Was it killing you? Yeah. That'll do it. Uh, so what's your point, Aaron? My point in all this <laughs> is silver linings are important, Matt. They really are. No, you know I why? Why? Because they're silver. Because, well, and I'll be, I'll be honest now, I was being a little bit sarcastic. Oh, okay. It's not about clothing. No. Uh, this is a real life thing where... You have hard times, and this the whole show's been about suffering and getting through that mm-hmm. and being the, happier again. The whole show is The whole suffering. show is kind of suffering sure. sometimes with this no, crew totally. we have. But, yeah. you know, how do we get through that? How did we get through this show? Well, I personally, this is one thing that I think is important is to have um, a, a good perspective on your life and have a preser- self-preservation plan. Maybe have a mm. time in the day yeah. where you can 
consistently. This is something you don't break away from. Some people, it could be like a 30 minute nap, maybe during their lunch break or something. I do During their day. Yep. Every time I drive here. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important to find some type of hobby or thing you enjoy that you remember. This is me time. Is that how you you do it? That's a great idea. I think it's, I, I try to do that occasionally it's yeah. you know when i just got married so it's more i have to think a lot yeah. more about my spouse than just myself well like when you when you but, i know we talked about what you do when you go in your closet <laughs> and you dress up like pokemon well and you do the pokemon song is there a problem with that no Matt? no that's no? just you and your happy space that's an yeah. important ritual to you yeah well that's true so i mean sure it freaks I your wife want... out sure well, this is actually, I'll tell you guys my happy place if I could go to it. And this, I'm dead serious. This would be like. So let's go around. We'll I'm all ma- do our happy Yeah, place. we'll do it. This okay. is something I'm serious. I, I imagine myself eating Chinese food while getting a back massage while watching a live football <laughs> game on the sideline. Bam. Funny because that's happy the place. opposite of my happy place. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. I want to hear your. Un- what is yours? Yeah, what, what, of that? what well, is the on, exact opposite it. of that? This is easy. Okay, it's not Chinese. So it's eating Mexican food. Uh,. <laughs> Not on the sideline of a football game, getting a massage, uh, but it's probably getting attacked. Giving a massage. Getting, oh. It's probably give, yeah, it's giving a massage. I love to give massages. Do you really? No. Oh, darn it, that would have been heaven. I want to hear Jenny. Let okay, her speak. go ahead, Jenny. Let's hear. Well, I've talked about this before on the show, so you'll. I love Lake Powell. Oh yeah, yeah. that yeah. that is for me just the most beautiful place. But I don't get to do it very like, often. Like Lake Powell, new... just floating on a I, blow up. Mattress, sure, or boating on the boat. The, oh yeah, I love. Yeah, that's yeah, heaven. That is good. heaven. I need a. I guess I need a happy place. That's more do you like? Day. Do you like that raven that flies up on the beach? <laughs> <laughs> All morning. You just ruined my happy place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate Lake Powell for that very reason. You can't hate Lake because my my happy place was sleeping at Lake Powell. <laughs> but that raven or crow, whatever. You need it is, to look for the silver lining. I think here. The silver lining would have been a silver bullet if I had had it. <laughs> Take that raven out, then we'd be fine. That's interesting. So your happy place is Lake Powell. How about you, James? That my happy place um, here at BYU is the is an, our library. The Harold B. Lee Library has a big atrium and has three levels in the atrium. So the very bottom level has nice plush chairs. Hmm. And so I, I go on one of those chairs and it just has enough white noise to make it so it's not like I'm going to go insane with silence but not too much to distract me. And so it's just this perfect, there's just harmony there. And it, mm. it, you know, it's great. Libraries are fantastic. Libraries are fantastic. Yeah, I like they are. them. I get my best sleep at a library. Mm. Oh, it is. That sleep is, is probably the best, better than a nice Well, now that we know bed. that, we, we know where to find you. Yeah, the library. First floor. On the big cushy chairs. Yeah. Probably how, sleeping. How about you, Maddie? Uh, I, I have a feeling your happy place is in Japan. No, it's in James's arm. No, just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. No, my happy place. Awkward. Oh. <laughs> James <laughs> running the board. <laughs> no. You're supposed to do the party noise right there. <laughs> wow. Cha-ching. Cash money. No, I think my happy place is probably... Um, my bedroom at my home in Kaysville. Hmm. Just down, I have a big, a pretty big bedroom. I have a walk-in closet, which makes me very happy. You're like that's that's where the princess is. That's where the princess part sure. of me lives. Um, no, and I, I, my mom has hundreds and hundreds of books all over our shelves. So I'll grab a book that I've read before and bring chocolate ice cream down to my room and read and in my bed. It's nice. Mm. 
That's a good happy place. I need to rethink mine. It's happy. Yeah. I want to hear well, Sean. my other happy place is Disneyland or Paris, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. every yeah. happy place or is. I need to scale it back. Disneyland or Paris or Disneyland Paris, but also my room. So that's, that's good. That's pretty good. Wow. Okay, Shawnee. Happy place. I have a feeling this will involve a movie and a meal. That's a good guess. On a motorhome with your family. Hmm. Actually, we did find we had my happy place is, is with my kids and my wife. Me too. That's cool. And just, I know it sounds corny, but just. Yeah. What, 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 what are you saying? Why is Maddie whispering? We're, whispering. we're talking about their next date. I'm just wondering where Mike is. <laughs> Anyways, Sean, I want to keep going. But no, yeah. Uh, just any activity with my family. Yeah. And, and you know, just having them around. Um, sometimes just, you know, little tickle fight in the middle of the living room or something. Well, yeah. I have four girls, so. It's it's easy to do. That's cool. That's so really Sean cool. likes to I be tickled. Sean, that's yes. the best one. That is really. And he's good. getting some royal treatment. When Man, he gets oh. home tonight. <laughs> no, <laughs> on air. My wife's not <laughs> listening. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll send her. We'll send her a copy of today's show. <laughs> right. That's a you know the family that seems to be a very happy one. Like especially happy family when they're maybe all full. <laughs> I like them when they're all asleep. <laughs> you like, yeah. Oh, that's a happy time. That's a really happy time. Oh, that's a happy time. So when the happy gal is happiest. No, it's not. I love being with them. Do you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I do, too. I really do. Um, see, that's easy. Silver lining. But you can find it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's principles behind all of that. It doesn't have to be the location. It could just be a little time by yourself. It could be with your family. It could be everywhere. Well, that's it, folks. That's honestly my happy time is with my family when I just get to when we all just veg. I just want to veg. Happy time. Hey, folks, that's the show. Thanks for joining us. Jen, thanks for being here. Yeah, it's fun to be here. Good show, Matt. Good job. Thanks, Mike. Uh, they, find, they found an audio of Mike talking and they just threw it in there. That's, I'm right here, guys. Yeah. Hey, Mikey. How are you, pal? Anyway, we're out of here until tomorrow to try to be happy. Try to find your happy place in life. Remember that uh, life ain't so bad, right? Stop seeking out the storms and enjoy more fully the sunlight. Gordon B. Hinckley uh, taught us that great lesson. We'll be back tomorrow. More fun, more ideas right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.